Yeah, sorry I'm late. I had to go get a snack. Snacking? But for this? For this. I left it very last minute. You left it. I mean, come on, dude. That's like, that's just this whole episode. I've, uh, <laughs> I've left everything to the last minute this week. Um, and I'm really, you know, not expecting this to be a good episode. But in the spirit of what we're talking about, I think it's only best that we have left it to the last minute. Welcome to the Pod Charles Cinecast! <laughs> Presented by the Prince Charles Cinema. This is your host, Jonathan Foster. And uh, I apologize for this uh, weird intro to the episode. But I'm here today. It's another dynamic duo of an episode. It's a twofer. With that little time travel boy, Phil. <laughs> What's up, Phil? How are uh, you doing today? I am okay. <laughs> How are you? I think it's very fitting that we've left everything the last minute. It's very, you know, reminiscent of a little movie that I have uh, that we watched. Yeah, I literally just watched. You literally just um, watched. Just watched. <laughs> just watched. Just, you know, I'm a busy man. Yeah. I happened. You know, you're lucky that I was able to squeeze it into my schedule. <laughs> yeah. But how are you, sir? You still working on that um, song that will save all of space time and reality? Uh, yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah. I think so. I actually have been working Coming on along. a song. Good. That it's 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 okay. I don't know if it's the song though. <laughs> I know that's a lot of pressure to put on a song. Yeah, man. You know, it's like when you go to a gig. Like even if it's someone you want to see, but if it's like a hundred pounds, you're like. They're going to be good, but they're not going to be a hundred pounds. <laughs> it's like this song is good, but it's not like save the world good. Yeah. I mean, pressure. Man. Yeah. Of course. I want to see, uh, my chemical romance, you know, like something like that. <laughs> sure. Like, of course I want to see them. You know, of course I want to pay, you know, a hundred dollars for a ticket to see them. You know, of course. Some MCR. Yeah, of course. Of course. But, yeah. Or actually, is there, their tickets were like 200 pounds, weren't they? Like, it was insane. It's like, why would you yeah. pay that much money to see that band? I don't know. I don't even know what we're talking about anymore, dude. I've literally, <laughs> you asked me how I was doing. I don't even know. The reason why I'm like so behind schedule this week of, you know, I only literally before we hit record, uh, halfway finished this episode. I don't even know what's going to happen with it. We'll see. Yeah, and the reason why is because the other day I just I just got like really ill. <laughs> like, yeah, you were ill. What happened? I don't know what was wrong with me. Uh, it's not Rona, I don't think. Uh, I wasn't. I doubt yeah, it. I wasn't yeah, coughing or I didn't lose my sense of smell or taste or anything like that. But I, uh, yeah, I don't know. Like, I don't know if it was a weird, like, crazy migraine thing. I mean, I still sort of feel it mm-hmm. um, because. Yeah, crazy headaches. And then, like, the first day was, like, debilitating, really. That was the day I had planned on, like, uh, watching the new film and start writing the episode and everything. And I just, like, couldn't do anything. Like, I did, like, two hours worth of work because I'm properly working now. And I just, like, Mm. 
<laughs> like, well, I went and took a shower because I felt really weird. And I was like, I maybe like taking a shower, I'll just like feel better. And then like my head just start pounding. Wash and it like, off. Yeah, like my stomach was just like in knots and i don't know it was weird but i never had like the blind spots blind spots and stuff from a migraine which i normally get that kind of migraine uh, if i get a migraine so it didn't really make sense to me until later that maybe it was a migraine but like i I felt so fluey and like migraines are like that man yeah it was strange they fuck up the whole but maybe you've just been like overdoing it last week you know like no i if i'm on my computer too long i get a fucking migraine you know yeah I don't know. It was weird. But yeah, maybe it was work. I don't know. <laughs> but anyway, so that got me behind. Uh, and yeah, I just, I'm going to try to wing it through this. So we'll see what happens. But we're winging it. It's going to be a not a mamma jamma. Do we have a name for the other one? Yeah. For like a know. relaxed, it's not a relaxed fit. That's the other one. But that's, it's a cool breeze. A cool breeze. It's a cool breeze. That's good. It's a Keanu. Yeah. We're pulling a Keanu this yeah, week. Pulling a Keanu. Just gonna keep it cool. Pulling a Bill and Ted, like literally. Um, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> hey Phil. Guess what number episode it is this week? Sixty nine, dude. Sixty nine, dude. Sixty nine, dude. <laughs> I did not plan this, uh. but uh, yeah, weirdly. With what Happy we're talking accident. about today, it strangely lined up Perfect. to episode 69. Don't know how we managed to do this, but I love <laughs> it. And it's even better that it's just, it. it's, it's just like going to be all over the place. But here we go. Also, Phil. Yeah. May have just been like in my fugue state from my illness over the last several days. Uh-huh. But the ghost of George Carlin visited me in my sleep last night, and he's told me that in the future, our bodacious podcast is the foundation of society. And if we don't talk about Bill and Ted's face and music, then reality as we know it may be in jeopardy. And I mean, 2020, dude, come on, come on. Like, we're already seeing the effects. It's happening. We have to talk about. Like we said last week at the end of the episode, if you listen to that, Bill and Ted <laughs> based the music. Excellent. <laughs> 25 years ago, you played a concert in front of the entire world. One month ago, you played in Barso, California for 40 people, most of whom were there for $2 taco night. Bill and Ted. What have you got to say for yourselves? Be excellent to each other. And party on, dudes. You were supposed to unite the world and save reality as we know it. Bill, we've spent our whole life trying to write the song that will unite the world. Why can't we just go to the future when we have written it? Whoa! Take it from ourselves! But isn't that stealing? How is that stealing if we're stealing it from ourselves, dude? No way! How'd you like our song? It's a little on the dark side, but you know, that's cool.
The ruler of the future tells best friends, Bill and Ted, they must compose a new song to save life as we know it. But instead of writing it, they decide to travel through time to steal it from their older selves. Meanwhile, their young daughters devise their own musical scheme to help the fathers bring harmony to the universe. So, it's the 2020 sci-fi comedy and third installment in the Bill and Ted film series franchise. Is it a franchise? I guess the so. Franchise, does it become bro. Does it become a yeah. franchise after one sequel or does it need like another sequel? Or was it a franchise before because it had two films, but then also a cartoon series? And I don't know. What are the rules? <laughs> what are the rules? What are the rules? I think one sequel plus more like media around yeah. it. So like you write cartoon is enough. Mm-hmm. Uh, there were video games, the comics. Yeah. I picked up a comic today. Oh, Oh yeah, sick. Like weirdly enough, nice. Like it arrived the same day I watched it. <laughs> Bill and Ted are doomed, issue one. Nice. So like I'm just having a fucking Bill and Ted day. Yeah. So yes, the third in franchise, possibly the greatest franchise of all time. Yeah. All right. Well, <laughs> I'm just saying that now. <laughs> We've both seen this film, and we haven't talked to each other really about it. No, I have no idea what you think. So the film was directed by Dean Parasite, who's uh. Best known for directing Home Fries, the Shack episode of Curb Your Enthusiasm. Sure. Galaxy Quest. There we go. <laughs> Underrated here, this one. Fun with Dick and Jane. I actually kind of like, like Yeah, it. you've mentioned Fun with Dick and Jane several times, I like and I don't know why that's like your hill to die on. Because like, I remember seeing that. It wasn't good. It's okay, man. <laughs> it's a good film. Good. All right. Yeah. Sure. I mean, Galaxy I like Jim Carrey and Taylor Leone together. They're really fun together. It's fun with Dick and Jane. Fun with Dick and Jane. Get it? Uh, and then he did Red too, the sequel to Red, and that's literally like his whole filmography. <laughs> it's really it's spread out. It's really more weird. movie than I've done. Yeah. yeah. No, he's done some TV work and stuff more than just Curb. But um, yeah, like it's weird. It's it's an interesting. But then again, we'll come to find out later as we time travel through this episode uh, that <laughs> took a long time for them to make this film. It makes more sense. Yeah, I've been hearing about it for years <laughs> and I'm just so, still so happy that it exists. Yeah. But before we get into the meat and potatoes, here we go. Oh, well, we need some veggies. Oh my God, that's actually kind of cool worrying i mean when i say meat and potatoes sometimes it makes it feel like it might be might be sex thing no uh, uh <laughs> mama jamma which sounds like a sex thing as well uh, <laughs> uh, but i feel that we need to briefly revisit the past two films in the series oh yes let's do it let's do it let's jump in the booth phil what Strange things are afoot at the Cinecast. Dude, you guys are going to go back in time. Yeah, and you're going to have the most excellent adventure through history. Who are you guys? We're you, dude. No way. No way. Yes way, John. Look, we know how you feel. We didn't believe it either when we were you and we are said what we are, are saying right now. Okay, wait. If you guys are really us, 
What are we thinking about right now? Snack time, dudes! Snack time. Snack time. Lockdown. Whoa! Look, dude, we gotta go. Yeah, we gotta go get back to the podcast. Right, and John, give my love to Brian De Palma. What? You'll see. Catch, Catch you later, later John and Phil. Phil. So, Phil... All right, those guys were, like, really onto something. I don't know if we should trust them, but they are us, and they seem to know what they're talking about. Why would we lie to ourselves? Yeah, dude. So, I think before we go, though, we just need some totally bodacious sustenance to get us through time travel. So, get us through this episode. What did you bring for the snack that you already mentioned earlier? (laughs) Okay, dude. I went out especially for these, and I brought some most triumphant Cheetos, flaming oh. hot, twisted. Perfect. That's really good because that like actually that's works. What she's eating, right? Yeah, really well. The film later that we're talking about a little bit the later, film. exactly. Yeah, that we're actually supposed to be talking about now, but we're having a snack time. We got time. That's what happens. Um, these are the flaming uh, hot ones. The the flaming hot and the twisted. They're way bigger than I thought. Yeah. Okay. I actually really like yeah. the kind. They don't really do flaming hot like that in America. Go for it. I'm I'm gonna try it. I mean, I've I've had some with audio. <laughs> you don't want to get the sound? I'll just fake it. Yeah, come on, we need that ASMR. That's what people come on this podcast to listen to this podcast for? Is that which can become a food podcast? Well, okay. That was an amazing sound, actually. <laughs> 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 oh, man. How many uh, time machines are you giving them? I give them five, man. Five? Nice. Five out of five time machines. I give them five. I've never given a five, but I love these. That's pretty good. They're like a little, they got a little kick. I love Cheetos anyway. They're big. Yeah. And I could totally snack on these. All right. I kind of, um, I'm interested in trying to put the bag away because I really like that style of Cheetos. Like they sometimes they'll go all on and off in America. They'll do like these different like shapes and bull crap with them. And they'll be mm. in that sort of consistency where it's sort of the puffy, but they're still slightly crunchy. But there's like two different, like you have, you have either crunchy or puffy in America, but they don't do the flaming hot and the puffy. It's like always in the crunchy and like they're smaller <laughs> and I don't really like those. I'm a puffy man. They're a little too like, mm. I don't know. I'm not really big on like flaming hot stuff anyway. Well, when we're back at work here, I'll buy you a bag and I'll leave it on your desk. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So if you ever go back. I also got a uh, pack of Crips, but it's more so for my Crips. stomach being uh, a bit messed up um they're walkers something, easy, something light oven baked sea salt which is Ooh. a solid crip which i've had plenty of times Baked, am i right but, you know, my stomach. Mm. that's good they're just like they 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 feel a little healthier i don't know i feel like i'm not gonna have a heart attack today maybe tomorrow but not today so for that maybe tomorrow maybe the next day but not today they're not like crazy salty or anything but i kind of like the taste i'll give them a i don't know 
four. What'd you give them? Four out of five. Well, respectable. I, I, I yeah. think the the oven baked range. Yeah. It's underrated. Yeah, it really is. I'm I think a lot fan. of people probably hate them. Slightly ridged. Yeah. They're, but they're like nice. They're just nice. They're nice. They're good. Ridged, yeah. They're good on the side mm. of thing. Mm. Can't beat a good crip. Am I right? Yeah. This guy knows. This guy with the scythe behind you knows. <laughs> <laughs> Bill and Ted's Excellent Adventure. Let's get back to that, Phil. Which, uh, mm-hmm. actually, you know what? It screens at Prince Charles Cinema on the 16th and the 18th and the 22nd of October from the new digital remaster. You should watch that shit. By the way, just saying. Just saying. It celebrated its 30th anniversary last year as well. And all the way back on our 10th episode of this podcast, where you, Phil, actually made your very first appearance. I know. I've come full circle. I'm very happy. We briefly talked about this film uh, in our Keanu Reeves episode. It's amazing, Phil. You're back. Like, you're back. You made it from episode 10 to whatever episode you became full-time guy, and now you're just here all the time. It's amazing. (laughs) (laughs) Won't leave. So, Phil, like Future We said, we're going to go back in time, dude, because we already wrote that episode, and it must be the key to our podcast uniting the world. Right, dude. They have to be. Let's do it. And then that would lead us to Keanu eventually doing, he was jumping around roles mm-hmm. here and there, and then he ended up doing Bill and Ted's. Yeah. That's my first exposure to Keanu Reeves. Yeah. The excellent my my brother had him, had both of them on tape. Mm-hmm. So I watched them all the time as a kid and I loved them. I, I think they're still great. They're hard to recommend to people now. Yeah. yeah. Like, I don't know if they've aged very well. They haven't aged badly. They're not like yeah, a yeah, yeah. or anything. Yeah, yeah. I mean, there's a few moments there. Mm-hmm. Um, big yikes. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. <laughs> but they're just very like lovable characters mm-hmm. and they treat, you know, they treat everybody the same, which is kind of endearing. They're dealing with like, the first movie, at least, they're dealing with like historical figures, yeah, and talking to them like they're, they're, they're just they're your bros, yeah. exactly. Just your um, and they just took the idea so far. Like I, even, I think I like the second one better because first one time travel, yeah. second one's one of that one of the rare sequels that that works equals yeah, or yeah, yeah, e- yeah. it's even better. Could they do something different? Like yeah. they go into the afterlife, and Death is one of the best characters, yeah, yeah, ever. Like, um, but I love, I love Bill and Ted, and yeah, that was, also we have to shout out to George Carlin. Mm-hmm. Yeah, Rufus. Yeah, yeah so that good. that's a shame because they're doing Bill and Ted Three. Yeah, Faith to Music, and he, he won't be a part of it. He can't be. Yeah, unfortunately, um, unless they use some of that weird hologram. Yeah, hologram. some of that uh, weird. Use some unused footage. That, yeah, yeah. That Disney magic. <laughs> that Disney magic. That Seinfeld vision from Thirty Rock. <laughs> I made Phil spit his coffee. I'm very proud of myself. <laughs> but yeah, Bill and Ted's pretty fun. Um, it was the first one's 1989, mm-hmm. and then the second one, noticeably just yeah. very 90s, but only <laughs> two years later. <laughs> I yeah. wonder what the third one's gonna look like, yeah. actually. Mm. Like, because I think they're gonna have daughters, in yeah, the yeah film. they have daughters in, at the end of Bogus yeah. Journey, yeah, yeah. So, um, it's them grown up, yeah. yeah, it's played out in real time. So, I'm guessing it's set now, and they go, yeah. I don't know how much they'll probably yeah. be set in the future, like Bill and Ted for you know, with the excellent music, and yeah, statues of them. Mm-hmm. Bill and Ted have iPhones. Do you know when Alex Winter and Keanu Reeves were both uh, going out for the roles of Bill and Ted, 
they were to do? booked together. Oh. But like they had a bunch of people going up and they okay. just paired them off and just see how they worked and stuff. And they both ended up getting the roles. Hey, John. Yeah, Phil? The other, the other, the other role. <laughs> we didn't really talk much about the first two films at all in that episode. Yeah, Phil. Like, yeah. We've always been bad at this, huh? Yeah, Phil. Wait, what if after this clip, we go back to before I wrote this episode to actually talk about the film? Good thinking, John. (laughs) So, of course, Bill and Ted's Excellent Adventure is the 1989 comedy classic from director Stephen Herrick, who had had a pretty rad run, Phil. Oh, my God. I was talking about this with Paul. Shout out, Paul. (laughs) Shout out, Paul. It's been a while. It's been a while. Yeah, we were talking about this the other day. Fucking rad run, man. Directing Critters. Excellent Whoa. adventure. And this is in, in a row. Then he did Don't Tell Mom the Babysitter's Dead. Then he did The Mighty Ducks. <gasps> and then love the Mighty a Ducks. few years later, he did 101 Dalmatians. And then he did... The Jeff Daniel one? Yeah. He did Holy Man with Eddie Murphy and Jeff Goldblum. <laughs> oh my God. And then in 2001, he did... Rockstar with Marky Mark. Mark movie. <laughs> Holy shit. What a run. Incredible run. And then years and years later, he did The Chaperone. Oh my God. <laughs> it's all about the game and how you play it. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, any listeners who aren't wrestling fans, but for me, that's uh, fucking hilarious. Um, we got it. This <laughs> really annoying guy named Triple H. Who uh, married Paul's daughter <laughs> in real life and uh, became, you know, the cream of the crop? Although he's a really good wrestler, yeah, he made a really bad movie called The Chaperone, uh, which is basically the path to fire, but with Japan. <laughs> Literally, yeah. yeah. Oh man! All right, so the characters Bill and Ted, though, funny enough, were actually born in an UCLA improv class in 1983. As the film writers Ed Solomon and Chris Matheson said, one day we decided to do a couple of guys who knew nothing about history talking about history. The initial improv was them studying history while Ted's father just kept coming in and asking them to turn their music down. (laughs) It's such a good way to come up with this. Yeah, it's like a music video. Yeah, but the original sketch, though, was actually Bill and Ted and Bob. Apparently there was a third character... And the guy who Bob. played Bob just wasn't really into it, so the trio became a duo. <laughs> wow, meant to be. The one cool thing we mentioned in episode ten that you know we, you know, the episode that we interrupted a minute ago was that uh, originally Keanu Reeves and Alex Winter were in the audition together. They all paired up together, but the funny thing was that they each of them were going out for the other's role that they eventually got in the film, which is a pretty interesting little fact. That's about the only good thing that came out of that episode 10 bit where we were talking about Bill <laughs> and we just did it again. Huh? Yeah. Or, you know, rewriting history, dude, you know, uh, apparently yeah. Paulie Shore auditioned for Ted as well, which is pretty hilarious. I could see that. Can you imagine if like Keanu Reeves never got the role and you just had Polly Shore walking around like, hey, buddy, hey. it's Lena Tara. Oh man, we should do Encino Man. Yeah, dude. Uh, I would love to. Talk I love about that Encino movie. Man. So good. Um, yeah. Speaking of Pauly Shore, though, like some people actually thought that Biodome was like an unproduced third Bill and Ted film that was repackaged <laughs> when the film's original stars didn't come back on board. 
That's funny. What? <laughs> a what? I never heard what? this before, but apparently this was like a rumor that was going around for so long, and Alex Winter actually shot it down in 2011, saying that it was a total urban legend. <laughs> it doesn't even make sense, like when you think about the plot to Biodome, and like, of course they're like, no, it's just a couple of those characters, though. Yeah, like it doesn't read or or look anything like it was meant to be Bill and Ted. It just looks like they're ripping off characters like Bill and Ted or like <laughs> Cheech and Chong, you know, like a duo of yeah. dumb characters. But funny enough, the casting of Keanu Reeves and Alex Winter, though, actually caused some problems for the script because Bill and Ted were actually meant to be these like 14-year-old skinny nerds in heavy metal t-shirts. But like Keanu Reeves and Alex Winter were just like way too cool when they showed up. And... Mm. They apparently even You're too cool to play. Yeah, they apparently even filmed some stuff with the kids at school who were making fun of Bill and Ted and stuff, but it just like wasn't believable because doesn't play. Yeah, they they were just too cool. It's funny. It's like when you're trying to cast Beavis and Butthead to play Bill and Ted, but you smoke too much weed and you hire Johnny Utah and Marco from Lost Boys instead. <laughs> yeah, like this kind of work. <laughs> sure. Uh, George Carlin's casting as Rufus turned out to just be like a happy accident because originally they were trying to go for someone a little bit more serious, like Sean Connery. But uh, when filming <laughs> started, someone suggested George Carlin and he came on board. So it just kind of became a thing, which I'm glad for. Yeah, I love that Carlin in the movie. Yeah. It's, just, it's, it's just funny. Like it feels like, could you, you know, I mean, one of the great comic never, but like so smart and so serious and deep that you think, he wouldn't even acknowledge a film like this. Yeah. He'd like gladly yeah. part of them. I love it. Yeah. I don't know. I just feel like George Carlin is just like so fucking cool. <laughs> like, you know yeah. what I mean? Like, just he's like just like on so down. Not even trying. Yeah. He's not even like, yeah. he's not even worrying about like his image or being pretentious or anything. Like, it's just, dude, like, I'm down to have fun. Like, I don't know. Like, he's right. in like fucking Jersey Girl and stuff as well. And just like, you know, like these, yeah. these random weird f- film roles and you're just like, yeah, whatever. Cool. It's, yeah. it's great. <laughs> George Carlin's... Carlin, you could get away with anything. Yeah, I love George Carlin, man. He's so fucking funny. One of the greatest comedians ever. Uh, it's funny that now after he's passed away that like people still would just use his stuff that he said like 20 years ago and like reflected yeah, on like relevant. today's world. And it's like, dude, he was <laughs> saying that so long ago. Yeah, it's ridiculous. And yeah. nobody listened to yeah. him. <laughs> oh, man. But speaking of Rufus, though, he was originally actually supposed to be uh, Bill and Ted's 28-year-old friend who had a van that sent them back <laughs> in time. Because in the original <laughs> script, the time machine was a 1969 Chevy van. And the script was originally called Bill and Ted's Time Van. <laughs> they like the van. The van yeah. keeps coming back yeah, in weird ways. Definitely. But there was a... Uh, there was concerns over it being too similar to uh, Back to the Future, you know, being a time vehicle. So a car, yeah. They changed it to a phone booth. And I guess none didn't of them... mind ripping off Doctor Who. Yeah, none of them had ever heard of Doctor Who. <laughs> 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 what to, the fuck? To be fair, like in America, like as a kid growing up, I wasn't really aware of Doctor Who. I mean... Sure. I think it's pretty and easy. Bill and Ted are way cooler, yeah. way better. <laughs> I'll say it now, Bill and Ted is better than any Doctor <laughs> Bill said that, ladies and gentlemen. You can at him at Far Away Sad. Please do. I mean, I'll gladly have that debate. 
<laughs> Hot takes on the podcast this week, ladies and gentlemen. <laughs> so they actually gave away the original phone booth from the first film and an issue uh, of Nintendo Power as part of a promotion. I love the 90s. Yeah, it was a promotion for 1991's Bill and Ted's excellent video game. I had that. My brother had that. I used to play all the time. It was awful. <laughs> yeah, oh man, those early 90s like video games. <laughs> so bad. It could be so bad sometimes. The lucky winner, though, was a man named Kenneth Grayson, who Reddit ended up tracking down for an AMA in 2011. <laughs> <laughs> and apparently he spent much of the chat just answering questions about whether or not any X-rated activities had ever taken place in the phone booth. Oh, you'd have to, though, right? <laughs> if you had the phone booth from Bill and Ted, you'd have to at least one. What do you mean? Spank it in there? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> We're like, I'm pretty sure that's like a really good way to get a girl. Just be like, hey. <laughs> you gotta see what I got back at my house. <laughs> <laughs> it's the phone booth. The phone booth. I'm Bill and Ted. Bill and <laughs> cool. Seems like I gotta go. Cool, cool yeah. bro. So the film was originally due to be released by De Laurentiis Entertainment Group in 1987, but they went out of business shortly after filming wrapped. And great, it looked like the film could end up on TV before Stephen Herrick started shopping a rough cut to other distributors and stuff. Many companies were confused by the way the characters talked, and they were like, well, do kids actually talk like this? But after some <laughs> test audiences were pulled in from like local malls and stuff to see the film, and they absolutely loved it, a small bidding war began with Orion Pictures securing the deal to release the film for around $1 million. So nice. due to the film being made in 1987, it had to dub over certain instances of characters saying the year to make it set the next year in 1988 because the film came out in 1989 and it didn't always match the lips. I didn't notice this, but now I kind of want to go back and watch to see like if characters say, you know, 1988, but it actually looks like they're saying 87. They cover their mouth. It's 1989. (laughs) Obviously the film was a hit when it was released and it made around $40 million on a budget of around six to ten million dollars, which is pretty crazy. Right. Pretty good. Pretty good. And it was given a sequel in 1991. Yes. Bill and Ted's Bogus Journey. Bogus. Non, non, non heinous. <laughs> so I leading up to this incredible, excellent, bogus based in the music journey. Most bodacious most journey. Bodacious journey. Uh, I Watched all three of the films in pretty close succession. Oh, dude, that must have been fun. <laughs> it was pretty, yeah. yeah, it was pretty wild uh, going through them all again because while I'd seen the first two films, it had been maybe, I don't know, like 10 years, five to 10 years since I'd seen the first one. So there mm. were bits that like, I obviously I remembered the bulk of it, the majority, and there was there were bits that like I... I just didn't really quite remember like being such a big deal. Like I kind of forgot how important Billy the kid was in the film. Like, you know, like I kind of forgot. About You're cheating, them. Billy. <laughs> I kind of forgot about them going to the West in general. I love that dude. I could quote that whole bit where he's like, he didn't even card us. Oh, we got to remember this place. Yeah, and then the next film, they're like obviously a little bit older and they're just crushing beers. <laughs> yeah. 
it's yeah, it's pretty. It was pretty funny though going back to watch them again because like I hadn't seen Bogus Journey since like I was a kid. I don't know how I just hadn't watched it in so many years. And I remembered basically like death because it's just the stuff you see a lot when you think about this film, Bogus Journey, and it's in the mm. images and any like clips and famous bits. But like I just forgot like large amounts of the movie. <laughs> And it was like seeing it again for the first time, and it was amazing. It was so funny. And you had said, come back around in episode 10, that it was like probably your favorite of the two. Like, yeah, you, you prefer it. Is that how you s- still stand now? Well, including the new one. Including the new one. It still stands. still stands. Yeah. All right. We'll get, we'll get to the new one later. But yeah. We'll get to the new one. I don't want to say how I feel about it. <laughs> uh, but I, no, I, I'm not your fan of these movies. They mean a lot to me. Mm. I grew up with them. I sincerely love the characters. And I just love, like you were saying, they're just, they're down for whatever they're called. I like, I just like the idea of the characters that treat everyone the same, no matter who they are. Yeah. Like, and all these historical figures, they're like, we're with you, Mr. The Kid, (laughs) you know? And like talking to Socrates, like, dust, wind. Dude. Dude." (laughs) Like they find ways to level and communicate with yeah. other people and i like that um and i still i love the sequel i love bogus journey i don't know if i watched it first or what there's just something about it that captured my imagination more i guess i'm more interested in like heaven and hell the afterlife than yeah. tr- time travel mm-hmm. but it's got death it's one of the greatest characters ever in comedy i just love him like them doing the seventh seal thing playing playing each other yeah you know, and they're playing like fucking battleship and he's like, You must play me again. <laughs> yeah. And he keeps cheating at clue and stuff. Yeah. And then you have station, station and I still I still say station like daily. <laughs> like it's still part of my vocabulary. And just like I know it's a joke, the whole like they go to the future and it's like the thing the message they pass down is like be excellent to each other and party on. But like legit, like I've li- tried to like live my life by those words. And I, the reason I like Bogus, I think, and I'm glad this new one also kind of done it, is that it's a sequel that doesn't just rehash the first one. Absolutely. Yeah. Which is my biggest problem with sequel. It can, it could done completely something completely different gets into robots and shit it's such a strange movie it shouldn't work and the (laughs) ending is like thrown together yeah i love it i love it so much yeah Um, and i like it more than the first one still it's still my favorite of the three that's that's fair i can't really i don't know how i want to put them in order really well particularly the first two i watched them really close Mm. together and they work so well together like you were saying i mean they didn't just do like your typical sequel or like a watered down sequel that's just like a rehash of the first film. They like built on the lore more and created a new like adventure for the characters to go on. It wasn't just obviously a ploy to like gain more money. And yeah, there's certain elements to the first film that are so classic that I love. Like just I don't know, the Joan of Arc thing, like, is hilarious. Like, them getting Joan of Arc. <laughs> Teaching a fitness yeah, class and then, and stuff. Yeah, the whole, like, fitness <laughs> class thing. It's just hilarious. It's so good. And, like, the whole, like, just that whole climax sort of thing at the at the mall when they're all, all the characters are going loose and they're trying to get Napoleon back and all the characters are just running loose in the mall. And it's just going yeah, exactly. crazy. Like, it's just, that's so funny. I mean, it's just a really funny scene. And 
Yeah, that's a great thing. Yeah, but then there's like bits in the first one where I feel like it drags a little bit, like certain elements. Whereas like Mm -hmm. in the second film, there's obviously some bits that drag a little bit, but like the heaven and hell stuff, particularly the hell bit, is (laughs) so fucking good. Like, and it's legitimately terrifying. Yeah, it is. It's so creepy. It's so creepy. I feel like you were talking about that a couple of weeks ago as well. You were talking about, um, I can't remember what episode it was, but I mentioned the bunny, the bunny and the grandma. And the grandma yeah. I don't remember the, I don't remember the context. <laughs> yeah. I think it was twilight known. Yeah. Yeah. That's, that's right. Cause you said it reminded you the, the bunny thing. Yeah. It reminded you of Bill and Ted's bogus journey. So yeah. Creepy. It's yeah. It was super creepy. Like really wild feels like a proper nightmare has very like Freddy Krueger, like a nightmare on Elm street, like vibe. Sure. You know, it's, it's yeah. really good. It's so funny. So the, there's so many elements like, you know, just like perfect. They're really perfect together. Like a really good double feature, which we do a lot at the cinema. Perfect pair. I'm sure it'll be mm. back soon. Probably with all three. That's sort of the plan. Yeah. We'll see what happens. <laughs> but yeah, I mean, it's, it's, it's a really good fun one, two punch, but originally Orion pictures, they originally wanted Bill and Ted in the second film to go into famous pieces of literature to steal characters to help the guys pass an English test, which sounds like what, you know what I mean? A really dumb watered down sequel idea. <laughs> exactly. It's like, so you wanted to do the same thing again, but what? <laughs> That's actually a pretty good idea. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> like I would still, I would still like to think yeah. that they did that in Futurama though. Yeah. But like, with like a uh, fry trying like <laughs> being chased by brains yeah. through different famous books <laughs> and like Moby Dick and shit. So strange. So Peter Hewitt came on to direct uh, Bogus Journey as uh, Stephen Herrick decided, like I said, he made Don't Tell Mom the Babysitter's Dead. He decided to do that instead. It was Peter Hewitt's uh, debut film, actually. And he did go on to make Tom and Huck. Jonathan Taylor Thomas. Hey, boy. JTT. He did <laughs> The Borrowers. And I remember that. He also did Garfield the Movie. <laughs> Pretty solid little career. You know what? Yeah, pretty no, no, that Garfield movie, not not bad. You can at me there as well. Yeah. Another hot take. I'm I'm sure we've talked about that on the podcast as well. You and Ariane, definitely. I'm sure you mentioned Garfield at least once. <laughs> it's hard not to. I hate Monday. Am I right? So the original title was Bill and Ted Go to Hell. Which is rad, but of course title. that caused mm-hmm. some issues. William Sandler, who played Death actually helped come up with a lot of his lines. He came up with the Czech accent, and he also came up with the Reaper rap. Uh, <laughs> oh, my God. He's so funny. Yeah. Like, it, again, it, no right to be that funny. Yeah, he's so like, it's just so good. Everything about it right. Like, <laughs> you know, do not underestimate my butt. <laughs> yeah. I work out all the time. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, uh, you just completely undermine the seriousness of a character like death it's just perfect i love it. it i love taking talking like serious things but not treating them seriously yeah. like you know like the first one they don't know anything about history and the whole thing's about history <laughs> and it's important and this one's all about like death and the afterlife yeah. and they don't know anything yeah. yeah it's really funny it's like you you wouldn't look at those guys and like even begin to think that they have any sort of like religion in their life and stuff and then you send them on this really like crazy heaven and hell afterlife sort of quest (laughs) (laughs) 
<laughs> so good. It worked in the egg shift, one and three. <laughs> that's the most they yeah, like the most can they relate know. to yeah. what's going on. The fucking film. Like William Sadler kept said that he kept coming up with ideas. Like he said to Peter Hewitt, the director, that uh, wouldn't it be great if I walk past somebody who's smoking and said, and I say like, "See you real soon" as he goes by, and then the person who's smoking goes ah and puts the cigarette up. That's a great joke. And Peter yeah. likes the ideas so much that he said, "Bring the camera over here," and that's Peter Hewitt as a smoker. <laughs> <laughs> So we didn't have an actor to play it and it just kind of happened on set while we were shooting some other stuff. <laughs> Good idea. Um, yeah. William Sadler has said that that's one of his favorite things he's ever filmed. And uh, the funny thing was though, someone else didn't quite enjoy loving the film as much. And that's Joss Auckland who played the baddie Chuck Denomo. <laughs> What's his name? Denomalos? Chuck Denomalos. Yeah. Yeah. Anyway, the main baddie in the film who's trying to kill Bill and Ted because, of course, I mean, I just, you know, they, the thing about these films are they don't explain much. They, like, totally break the rules of time all the time. Like, yeah. it's used, like, or exploited for deus ex machina, like, all the time in, the, in these films. Like, mm. oh, I don't really know what to do in this situation. Fuck it. Let's pretend, like, we're thinking about, like, Something happening and then boom, it happens and then yeah. let's just go back and do it. <laughs> yeah, yeah, it doesn't matter. That's literally how the second one ends. <laughs> yeah. Where like, let's just get a cage and it, have it fall now. <laughs> yeah, it's just like, oh, and this was actually our idea. It's like two little kids who are, you know, play wrestling or something. And he's like, no, I got you. No, I got you. No, I got you. Yeah. No, I got you. No, I didn't hurt me. <laughs> yeah, no, because I'm wearing a shield. You can't, you can't hit me now. <laughs> yeah, it's just like complete nonsense, but. Yeah, it sort of works. And like the character, you know, Chuck Denomalos, like it's just, it's completely stupid, but it like, of course there would be somebody who's not down for this like lovable, like, I don't know, serene, serene like utopian, utopian rock and roll yeah, future, future yeah. where everything's awesome and unified because of Bill and Ted. Like there would be someone that hates it. And that's why there's. And they have musicians yeah. teaching the content. Yeah. That's why we can't have utopia in real life because there's always going to be like your idiots who just blame like well, well, communism. <laughs> yeah. Uh, well, isn't he in the movie like Carlin's old student or something that he failed? Yeah, or he was like his old Carlin's old gym teacher. Yeah, something yeah, like it was that. some stupid. <laughs> Which I like. I like again. It's keeping the high school yeah. thing. It's like all the characters are defined by their like high yeah. school years. <laughs> and like that's where their lives can be made or broken. Yeah. It's really funny. Well, Joss Auckland, who played Chuck Denomolo, said that he had many roles in his 50-plus acting career that were taken just for money or to settle bets. I do an awful lot of crap, but if it's not immortal, I don't mind, he said. I'm a workaholic. And as for Bill and Ted's bogus journey... I can't tell you how embarrassing that was. Oh my God. Come Why? On. <laughs> Why, dude? It was great. Because it, is he embarrassed because it was immortal? Like, because <laughs> he was immortal. This is this like shithead. I don't know. <laughs> yeah. Shitty villain in Doesn't that Ted movie. Yeah. I mean, again, it's more than most people get. Yeah. Cause the only other thing I remember him in is Mighty Ducks. Where he's like, <laughs> Bombay's like old teacher, yeah. old coach. Or yeah, something. yeah. No, old teacher. He makes the skates. Yeah. And he's doing 
like a bad check accent again. Like sort of like that. <laughs> so we're all tied together. Yeah. Um bogus journey, those met with uh mixed reviews, a little bit more mixed than the first film. And it ended up making thirty eight million. But the thing was it was on a bigger budget at around twenty million dollars. So it's not like it did as well. Uh and you know those fucking station puppets, man. Like Station. They are made by Kevin Yeager, who is responsible for making the Chucky doll from Child's Play. So I mean I'm sure that costs a lot of money. <laughs> yeah. And they made several of those. Yeah. Plus they have the I mean, talk like briefly, just I love also the practical effect mm-hmm. in Bill and Ted, like the robots, you know, when they tear their torso open and you can feel <laughs> yeah. the wires and shit. That bit's awesome. Yeah. And then when they actually make the good robot versions of themselves. Yeah. Those are great. And it, it just looks amazing. Again, like, just it's just so of the time. It's so 90s. And it, like, ages it in the best way possible. Yeah, it's of the time it ages, but it still kind of looks sick, though. Like, you know, like... <laughs> it looks, like, it looks yeah. so fun. I don't know. Like, there's, like, certain bits, like, just even dumb practical effects, like, you know, like, Alex Winter's head inside the wastebasket as he was, like being slam dunked through the hoop and then it just down yeah. there and like him just talking. You totally killed it's just me. Like, yeah. It's really good. It's I mean, really it's just really it's stupid, really cheap, but yeah. like it works really well. Like, I don't know. Just, I don't know. It's fun. It's really fun. Those two films. Great. And of course that leads us to where we're going now. Face the music. So, uh, just a warning though, we may spoil some things. So, I can't guarantee uh, we're getting into a little bit more of my not really being prepared for what we're doing in this episode <coughs> bit because, uh, yeah, I already said I was ill. I'm sorry, guys. Uh, but this, this it's God fine, damn. though, because this is a <laughs> new movie. And uh, Phil and I, we just recently seen it. Like, I saw it last night. You saw it like a couple an hour ago. ago. <laughs> <laughs> and, uh, yeah, so we're going to talk a little bit about how it got off the ground just a bit. Talk about some of the cast. We'll talk about like what happened in the film, our feelings on it, and how it sort of works together in the whole like you know universe. If you haven't seen it, we might spoil some bits, so just a heads up. Maybe pause it, go see it if you don't want to be spoiled. We'll try not to spoil too much, but yeah, it's probably going to be inevitable just because what happens when you talk about a new film. But anyway, here we go. Let's head face the music. Here we go. So through the production of the first two films in the Bill and Ted series. The actors, Keanu Reeves and Alice Winter, and the writers, Chris Matheson and Ed Solomon, who wrote both films that created the characters, like I said earlier, uh, had become close friends, but there was still no plans for a sequel after the second film, no matter what the internet has to say about Biodome, guys. It's not fucking true. It's not true. <laughs> but the first hints of the sequel started to appear you know, when Keanu Reeves in a 2005 red carpet interview said that he would be open and play Ted again when someone asked him about it. And eventually in 2008, uh, winner Reeves, Matheson and Solomon started to conceptualize the film. So even at this early stage, the concept for the third film had involved Bill and Ted having reached middle age and still yet to achieve the prophesized music that would bring world peace. <laughs> it's great because, like, you're doing that thing, which is becoming more and more common, like, with reboots and sequels to movies, like, from the 80s and 90s. You're now playing with the characters who have aged mm-hmm. quite a bit that's 25 years later. Yeah. 
and it they can't move like they used to they can't act that way yeah. and sometimes it's kind of sad to just see them act like they did back then but this does the smart thing of leaning into it embracing it it's about aging yeah. it's about growing up it, it's only a story that can be told when bill and ted are old yeah definitely get old yeah and i just i really appreciate that mm-hmm. well the first draft of the script had been completed by april of 2011 so long ago and uh, by August of 2012, Dean Parasot was attached to direct the film. So all the way back, like I said earlier, when I said he had like this really kind of spread out film career, like it was all the way back. Fucking 2012 that he was attached to direct. That's fucking wild. And, it's like I'll get there eventually. <laughs> <laughs> and even though Reeves and Winner were both eager to return to the roles, there actually was surprisingly little interest in the script for many studios. According to Matheson, the original films were considered culty by the studios and they wanted significant culty. changes to the ideas that had been established or even reboot of the series, of course, because uh, that's the world we live in now. They have sequels. They have to reboots. They take uh, a movie everybody likes and then take everything they like about it and just do it again, <laughs> basically. That's essentially a reboot. And maybe it sticks and works and maybe it doesn't. Yeah. They sort of got their way, the studio, you know. We'll get into that in a, in a bit, but I mean. There's they, a bit of that. There's a bit of that, yeah. Yeah, I mean, the studios also expressed concern that since the first film wasn't distributed internationally, that there wouldn't be a large audience for another sequel. We have the internet, dude. Yeah, yeah, seriously. <laughs> Long talk. And all the appealing to the fans over the years, get the film made, and uh, just to you know, just to get some financing, and this all changed with the release of what film? What film do you think it changed everything for this? Um, John Wick. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, <laughs> it renewed. The career of Keanu Reeves and sure, yeah. they were just like big time. Okay, okay, let's get on board. Uh, funding started to come in. Steven Soderbergh was attached as executive producer, which was pretty yeah, wild. His name's still on it. I saw it at the end. I was like, what Yeah, is he doing here? Yeah, I saw I saw his name and I was like, What? <laughs> Weird. Okay. And uh, MGM came back on board, and this was just prior for them relaunching Orion Pictures, which is, you start to see it pop up. Like, it's really cool to see that logo. It's the old logo, <laughs> So yeah. badass. It became, you know, an MGM Orion thing, their new relaunch of Orion. And uh, this after seeing the support of the fans and everything, wanting the sequel, it was, like, on board. And that's kind of where we're at. We finally get this film. It's taken a long time. Like we said, Bill and Ted are middle-aged they have daughters, which I think like actually in Bogus Journey after rewatching it, like I know you know they had kids, but like they kind of say Bill and Ted, like this is Bill and this is Ted, which works for the, the daughters' names. Billy and Thea. Yeah. yeah the little but, Bill and Ted, yeah. But I'm pretty sure that they were meant to be boys, <laughs> like at the ah. end of Bogus Journey. But it, whatever, it doesn't matter. Uh yeah, like so we finally get this film. Bill and Ted go into the future to try to figure out. They still try to steal the song that they still haven't written to try to 
unite the world. Yeah, it's fun idea. idea. Really fun idea. Some of the cast we have, obviously, Keanu Reeves and Alex Winter are back as Bill and Ted. Yeah. And it's very nice to see them back, especially Alex Winner. Could I haven't seen him act in ages? Yeah, I'd like could he could he direct it now? Yeah, and like his documentary is like excellent as well. Mm-hmm. Excellent, excellent. <laughs> um, yeah, um, like if anyone had to like downloaded, it's great. And like Deep mm-hmm. Web is great. Yeah. And he got a new one about child stars. So he's been around, but it's nice to see him on screen. And mm-hmm. they just it just I was glad how easy it was. Like as soon as they were on screen, I was like, oh, it's Bill and Ted. Yeah, it's nice. All right. Very easy for me. I'll I'll uh, ask you this now because I will say this. All right. So, what did you, how like? All right. So you said it was very easy. How did yeah. so you you enjoyed and felt like they both sort of stepped back in their roles pretty naturally. Yeah. All right. So me, Alex Winter nailed it. I feel like he he he, he looks older. Of course, they both look older, and he stepped in like perfectly. I feel like it, at the particularly at the beginning. It took a while for me for Keanu Reeves to like see to him see as Ted, Ted again. Again, oh man, do you think that's just a Keanu thing though? Maybe, Cause yeah, because I think it's just him. Like, because his voice has changed a lot. Like, it's just gotten a little mm-hmm. bit more, you know, like deeper, deeper, raspier, raspier. Yeah. yeah, like gruff. I don't know, like over the years, and I don't know something about it. It sort of felt like if you're watching. Keanu Reeves on Saturday Night Live and they do a sketch where he has to be Ted again. That's sort of what it felt like at first. But (laughs) (laughs) as soon as you go, they got in the time machine though and they went into the future and you start to see them interacting with their future selves. other versions. Of other versions of themselves who are a little bit more fucked up. I started to see it and it was just like, oh, here we go. It does click. Yeah, yeah. yeah. No, I know, I know what you mean. Don't actually a specific. I think it's when they get to prison. There's a line <laughs> that the like prison Ted said. Yeah, Keanu just yelling at him, <laughs> and it's just like, oh shit! Like it's great. Um, I can see that. I can see it. But yeah. like f- when I was watching him, I was like, I, I just maybe could. He'd always been Ted to me. Yeah, it's the first thing I saw him in. So like it's easier. And I don't know, I just thought I was like, this kind of seemed what like an older Ted feels like. Yeah. It'd just be like an older Keanu. But you're right, it got it got better if he fell into it. Yeah, a lot of it may have had to do with his appearance as well, because like also another thing was that like we saw a lot of the images and stuff ahead of time as well, because you you know, a lot of the images start to be released online mm-hmm. of them filming and stuff and uh the first trailers and all that start coming out. And like you saw him without the beard, and it's just like you you just see Keanu now, and you expect. just expect this beard on his face, and then when you see it without, and he just looks so much more aged, and it's like wow, <laughs> like yeah. holy shit, yeah. like whoa, whoa, yeah, <laughs> whoa. So that was kind of weird, like, but I mean, whatever. Like it, it got better. Like Alex Winter was phenomenal, like all the way through. Mm. It was really fun. Um, yeah, yeah. Yeah, it's fun. Uh, okay, so there was also a character. We didn't have Rufus, obviously, because... There's a nice little reference to yeah. Rufus, which I enjoyed. Unfortunately, you know, George Carlin passed away, but they had Christian yeah. Shaw come in, who you might know who I love. She from Bob's Burgers. She's famous for her voice. She played Trixie in Toy Story. So there's a little, a little yeah. crossover there. Maybe that's, I don't know, Keanu like, got her on board 
we need the Toy Story. Who knows? I don't know. Well, the first well we were watching in the first thing we were like, oh, it's from Flight of the Concord. Yeah, so she's done a lot of like live action stuff, like Flight of the Concords and stuff. But then also she's very much known for her voice because of very distinct voice. Very distinct. She's the uh, younger daughter in Bob's Burgers, like crazy voice. Yeah, yeah, she's so funny. So, yeah, she's really good. But her name is Kelly, and she's Kelly the, Carlin. Yeah, she's the daughter of Rufus and. The name is based on Kelly Carlin, George Carlin's daughter, and the tribute. So that's that was really sweet. They have new wives, which I think really, <laughs> really kind of works <clears throat> because in every film, is it a different people, different actresses in every film. Yeah, I feel like it is. I think you're right. I don't remember them being the same yeah. in Bogus. Yeah, I. They're, they're definitely the different. <laughs> they're definitely different in uh, Bogus Journey, especially. Uh, I can't remember which one. I think I think it's Elizabeth, uh, Ted's wife. In the first movie, yeah. she's played by Diane Franklin, and I never knew that until I rewatched it the other night. Like I just never, never clocked it. And uh, Diane Franklin is in like one of my favorite John Cusack films, Better Off Dead, and she, mm. she's just like so fucking great. And it was really fun to see her. I was like, holy shit! Like, and uh, it was totally a different girl in Bogus Journey. <laughs> so it kind of works. You have Aaron Hayes playing Elizabeth, and then uh, Jamie Mays playing. Joanna? Yeah, they were good. Yeah, I thought they worked. Mm-hmm. They totally worked. And they got the British accent down. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> they, I liked, I liked their subplot. They give everyone something to do. I like that. Like, it's way more complicated than I thought, the movie. Mm-hmm. And actually quite simple. Actually, the way they treat all the time travel stuff helped me um, sort of, like... D- get over a lot of the plot holes in the first two. (laughs) Just because the way they start talking about it now is so loose and so vague and abstract in terms of how things connect and how fluid time is. It made more sense for the events that happen (laughs) and that it's not this strict cyclical thing. It's this thing that's constantly changing and things. But also they've come to realize things that they always had. It's great. It's just, it's really good. And, but, um, yeah, so you have three separate plots happening in yeah. this movie, and I yeah. really enjoyed like each one, and I'm glad they filled it out. Like it just felt like so much more than I was expecting. Yeah, because Bill and Ted are obviously having their crisis that they're like supposed to be, you know, writing middle this, age. They're middle aged. They never crisis, wrote yeah. this song, and then they end up going to yeah. therapy with a nice little cameo from Jillian Bell playing the doctor. Yeah, who. Uh, <laughs> Talks to them about how, which this is great. Like, and I, I felt like there were certain elements to that storyline, which I felt like weren't necessarily needed. Like, you could, you know, like Bill and Ted's wives, obviously, like, I don't know, maybe, maybe after time, it kind of makes sense that like, maybe they got sick of it, but they just seemed so adoring of Bill and Ted, like, regardless, like yeah. just stupidly adoring of them, regardless of like how, well, they saved them from middle medieval England. Yeah, you know? I mean, like it's it's so they're so chaotic though. Like their whole the idea of them are so chaotic. Like it's just complete chaos. You don't know what you're gonna get. Yeah. They're supposed to be this like you know savior of the the world, the universe. You know, unite everybody with their music, and they just still haven't gotten there. So you kind of make, it makes sense slightly, but part of me is just like, mm-hmm. I, I don't really see the, the, the need for them to like, um, which they end up doing is questioning 
their lives together. Yeah. Well, I mean, it would just it would affect their marriage, yeah. right? Like twenty five <laughs> years of like yeah. failure <laughs> would definitely affect your marriage, and they yeah. just never really acknowledge it. And I, I liked it. I, I, yeah. yeah. But it's funny. funny. It, it's a big jump from like yeah, yeah they can't. We've only seen them in the adoring babe. <laughs> You know, the yeah. princess, and, and now they're like, we might leave you. <laughs> yeah. And we're going to go we might travel leave through Bill time. Yeah. We're going to travel through time to yeah. try to find a timeline when we're actually happy together. <laughs> <laughs> Which is so great. It's so dark when you stop and think about I always, it. I also like, because there's a lot of time jumping at this point, and Bill and Ted are obviously going into the future to try to steal the idea from their future selves. But every time they go into the future, they find out that they're still not successful and they still haven't done it. So, like, yeah, things are just worse and worse each time they go. Yeah. Yeah, And this is where they first learn the idea that their wives are going to leave them from Mm. a future version of Bill and Ted where the the wives did leave them. But I almost feel like, that just by them going into the future, it's like, it, and I think that's sort of a trope of Bill and Ted is like they're they badly handle time travel, and it's kind of funny that way because it's like for sure, yeah, they it don't follow really the proper rules. And there's a certain person yeah. we'll get to in a second uh, who tries to, which you said they tried explain. to, you know, explain a little bit more. I, I'll say that for a second, but uh, <laughs> they like so they're like they go into the future, they t- they see themselves, their their future versions of themselves input this idea into them that their wives are going to leave them to find a, because they go into the future to try to find a better version of a life together and they don't find it. So they decide to leave. I feel like that never actually was going to happen ever, but because they went into the future and they did what they did, it kind of like created this whole snowball. Thing. Yeah, like, yeah. Yeah. Oh, for it's sure. Really yeah. Wild. yeah. But that's the thing. Like, like my big, the big, like the big thing of excellent adventure is like, Carlin goes back to Bill and Ted and then you have to pass the test because if you fail, your band will break up and you'll never um, create this utopian society. Okay, but if that's the original line of history, if that's how it originally happened, then how is there a you know society in which Carlin comes back from, from? So like at least this time we're talking about alternate reality, multiple yeah. versions of things happening at once that's the thing but you're right it, nothing makes sense and they get to have a lot of fun with it like that bit where they're running from the other bill and ted and they put buckets on their head so they don't know what they're doing <laughs> yeah. but the other ones can't predict what they're doing <laughs> yeah. and they just fall out a window i love yeah. that it's so funny but they get to have fun with it but you're right it's ridiculous there's two very important characters obviously we've already kind of mentioned them it's theodora thea preston and Will Helmina? Billy Logan. Billy. <laughs> Bill yeah, and B and T. Thea and Billy. There's Samara Weaving as as Thea and Bridget Lundy Payne as Billy. Uh, as Bill and Ted's mm. daughters. I love the idea of these characters. And this is where we we're talking about a little bit earlier when I was saying about a reboot. They sort of got their way to the studio because this they is obviously this it. sort of like reboot. Where Bill and Ted's daughters yeah. are, they're like these new characters that are introduced that are pretty much the exact same as Bill and Ted. They are mm-hmm. the girl versions, though, and they are very similar. They act the same. 
Uh, yeah, they're smarter. They're, they're smarter. Way smarter. They're definitely way smarter. Yeah, sure. <laughs> Your musical acumen is most impressive. <laughs> <laughs> they're also kind of dumb. Yeah, yeah. I mean, they eat you though. Yeah, they they're they're like very similar, like stoner sort of characters in a way that never actually sure. smoke weed. Surprisingly. Yeah, same with Bill and Ted. Like, <laughs> yeah. what the fuck? <laughs> they're definitely always fucking blitz, though. You know it. Definitely uh, <laughs> baked. They're definitely oven baked. Am I oven right? Oven baked. They're definitely oven baked. <laughs> that's right my biggest i think disappointment with this film is the handling of these two characters as much as what they did which we'll get to in a second but i feel like they were so underutilized really like as much as they did have to do with the film there was like such like little character development for them apart from the fact that like Mm. they appear and they're like very much just like Bill and Ted's daughters, like, and they are like in themselves, like a Bill and a Ted. I just felt like, man, they could have done so much more to build them up, to give them more of a personality. Like I felt like I never really got to know them before they were just off to the races, mm-hmm. kind of doing things. And like, it felt, made me feel like I didn't care as much about them because obviously like you found yourself like, all right, well, what are Bill and Ted up to? And then you go back to see like Alex Winter and Keanu Reeves traveling through time mm-hmm. and getting to have a lot of fun. And then obviously the girls are going back in time. Like while meanwhile, like, you know, the guys keep going forward in time. So they're like going away from each other before they find themselves together. Um, because yeah, the girls yeah. are sent on a mission to go back in time. Well, like they give themselves a mission to create a band that will they're building a band. They're doing the excellent adventure thing. Yeah. They're going to build the band that's mm-hmm. going to come and play the song that their dads are eventually going to write. Cause they're going into the future to try to figure out what song it is. And they're all going to come back together and it's all going to be Peachy King, which is a fun idea. I just really wish like there was much more for Thea and Billy to like, I don't know, like just more, like more character. Like I I just, they had plenty to do. That's the thing. It's kind of weird to say, like now I'm thinking about it because they did a lot of fun stuff. I mean, they go back in time. They They first, what is it? They'd go to Jimi Hendrix. (laughs) And it's great. Like the guy who plays Hendrix is like just this guy named Dasmond still who, just looks a lot like him it's really cool then hendrix doesn't want anything to do with him so they go to meet louis armstrong <laughs> and they get him show him a video of hendrix playing and then somehow convince him to go into the future with them to go get hendrix and then they go get mozart they go get uh ling loon a flute player and then they mm-hmm. get a, a a woman named grom who's just like a amazing drummer from yeah Back in caveman times, I don't know. (laughs) Yeah, I mean, it's really fun. They do a really, really fun, like, adventure. And I just, I don't know, like, I don't know how you feel about that, but I just felt like, like, I wanted to know more about them. I understand. Um, I could, I, now that you're saying that, I get that now. And I agree to a a certain extent, but only because I did really like them. Yeah, and I thought they were handled. I thought they were handled quite well. I love. I like like you. I love the idea of them. And as soon as I saw what they were doing with them, or as soon as I saw the trailer, I was like, "Okay, I hope this happens. This mm-hmm. I hope this means that this will be the ending." And I was right. And I love. I love the ending. I love the conclusion it gets to. Yeah. And I'm glad. Like, I, I'll try not to spoil that bit. But like, in terms of yeah, what yeah. the song is, but um, I. Yeah, I liked them. I liked 
yeah, this low-key reboot thing that they're doing. They're doing a young female Bill and Ted, but it doesn't feel forced. It's really well done. I like Thea and Billy. I think Thea more so could Billy is kind of doing a Ted. She's doing yeah, more of an impression of Keanu, so. and it was distracting, but I like both of yeah. them. I love their adventure. I, I feel like, yeah, for sure, Billy is so is so dead. She's <laughs> doing like where, the, Yeah, oh, like hey, you said, it's very distracting. Know. Like it pulled me out a couple of times, like, cause I mm. just felt like it wasn't natural. It just felt like she was trying to like be like, Oh, oh yeah. Yeah. Oh like, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> it's almost kind of like you're making fun of a dumb person, it feels like at the beginning. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but <Duh>. but again <laughs> Yeah. But again, she I think as the film goes on, she she becomes more comfortable in being herself and it maybe I just got used to it, but I like both of them. I really like their plot and I love meeting old musicians. I love just the whole theme of music and its power and the history of it and ever getting everyone to join in and I like the people they pick. I think it was smart and I just really enjoyed it. At times I was enjoying it more than the Bill and Ted story. So like I would glad that how it all came together at the end so yeah. I, I see your point it wasn't i didn't i didn't feel like let down by it because i feel like it rode that it had enough balance of both i think anymore and people might have been like what the fuck like yeah. i'm it's a bill and ted movie i'm here for bill and ted i didn't want to watch a movie about their kids but i'm glad they still gave us a pretty good movie about their kids yeah, and I wouldn't. Yeah. It didn't feel shitty because it didn't feel like it was setting up anything. I, I'm not mm. expecting a movie with them in it now, but it was a nice adventure to have with the whole family. To get, yeah. it's always just about them, but the whole point is that they've been ignoring everyone else, and they need the help of everyone to succeed. So yeah, I, I kind of half yeah. agree. Sorry, I, I mean, <laughs> in a, in a in a nutshell, though you. You just you saying that though that they they <laughs> obviously have been ignoring everyone, like just makes me think that these like two girls, their daughters are actually just they must be really dumb because because <laughs> they absolutely love their fathers. They do. It's actually really <laughs> it's just sweet. Like, you can tell they have a good relationship. Yeah. So they must just be really really dumb because their dads are kind of shit. <laughs> like you know, kind of like, shitty. <laughs> just obsessed with this idea this notion that there is supposed to be like this amazing thing that unites the whole universe that's so much pressure like like you said it's so much pressure to have on a character <laughs> it's, it's ridiculous like how do we begin to write this <laughs> like if someone came and told you today that you were supposed to do this and yeah. now they're literally the day it's like it's happening today or yeah. the whole world ends you actually give it stakes <laughs> great well, in this little trek, you have uh, Bill, Billy and Thea come across because a lot of historical characters are being like zapped in and out of their timelines into different timelines and like places they shouldn't be. Like, you know, Babe Ruth, who actually, funny enough, was meant to be in the first film, but they just wrote that bit out. So it was nice to see that back um, in this when I was reading and stuff like about that. I was like, oh, that's a cool little you know, thing, Throwback. but like, you know, you had all these historical characters like Babe Ruth or George Washington and all that just floating around. Jesus. And then, yeah. Jesus. And then Kid Cudi. <laughs> I love it. Day and Kid night. Kid Cudi just showed up. 
Yeah, me too. I love Kid uh, Cudi and he was great that he just showed up and yeah. he was like an expert on quantum mechanics. Yeah, and, it's amazing. And, and then he's just like, station. 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 Yeah. I wish there was station in there. Yeah, that would have been okay, good. Okay, spoilers for that. That's like my one actual disappointment. Yeah. That re- I mean, they say it, but they, like... They reference it, yeah. The, that's the only character that didn't come back and there was no need for him, mm-hmm. them, whatever they are, but... Just because me being the Bogus Journey fan, I am. Would I just wanted more sure. references. Could they? <laughs> but there's so there's so many cool references and throwbacks. The smiley face is on his shirt, and mm-hmm. like fucking loads of cameos. Like you've mentioned a few. Um, but yeah, Kid Cudi's a weird one. He's yeah. like making this like big. I keep seeing him and shit. Like he just big foray into acting and it's just nice to see him in there he doesn't really do anything yeah but it's cool to have him there i thought he was gonna rap in the song at the end but yeah me too he just like all he does is just sort of like a he's just man. there to be kind of funny <laughs> about yeah. time like he just <laughs> yeah it's like i imagine he just called up and he was like dude i really like bill and ted can i be in this time? yeah <laughs> and just play himself sure. why not <laughs> yeah it's really good yeah, there's that line where they're kind of like, uh, yeah, and this is a uh, Kid Cudi. I mean, he's not really, you know, his <laughs> historical figure. And he's like, well, I guess I am now. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so good. All right, the bit in the uh, van where uh, Bill is like, does anyone know where M46 is? And then Kid Cudi goes on a whole thing where it's like, you know, depends where you, you know, where you are when it happened. Like, you know, <laughs> if you want to dig a bit of time, it depends where you dig it, right? And he's just like, Okay, does anybody does know? know? <laughs> <laughs> hey, dude, it's right there. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And also on this journey, when they're putting all these people together, we didn't get Station, but we did get the Grim Reaper, Death himself. He's back. William Sadler. So fucking good. I'm yeah. so glad I rewatched Bogus Journey, though, because I, I watched through the credits and stuff as well. And there's that really yeah, amazing. Yeah, you need to know that stuff. You need to know all that stuff about like it works. I mean, it, you don't necessarily need to know it, but you, it works so much better for the jokes about how yeah. uh, they became this big band and all this stuff started happening. It was so good, blah, blah, blah. And like, it was uh, like basically just told through articles, like newspaper articles that are showing up in the credits mm-hmm. of Bogus Journey. Yeah, like Wild Stallions play the moon yeah. or whatever. <laughs> or Wild Stallions maybe break up. And there's just like, yeah, and then break up was a solo. hoax. <laughs> and then Death oh, goes yeah. solo. Death has these like dumb things. And then Death like, what is it like he, he I don't know, his album's like bomb and stuff. It's like really funny yeah, little jokes. Pale. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And then when they bring him back in this, it turns out that he had a falling out with Bill and Ted. And it's due to a lawsuit <laughs> over the name, over the name Wild Stallions, because Death was trying to steal the name. And he also like was kicked out of the band because he basically just played one hour bass solos. It's like, you never let me play. And he's like, you played 40 minute solo. Nobody else could play. <laughs> the people came here for the bass solos. <laughs> yeah. I love oh, the way so they good. brought him back. They kept him this like really... I mean, I love Death, but he is this kind of weirdly pathetic character who's like actually <laughs> yeah. really sensitive and he just yeah. sits in his room and he just wants to play bass and he got all the records on the wall and yeah. stuff. And he's, he's been demoted since he resurrected them. <laughs> yeah. Like, it, it's just great. I just love, I love 
that they I just I love that he they brought him back. I'm glad Sadler was on board for it and he yeah. again fits right back into the role. Super fun. And they find him catching they again nice reference when they meet him, he's like playing hopscotch or something. <laughs> yeah. Like some like shitty games. and he's cheating and stuff. <laughs> yeah. It was just nice. it was really nice to see him. We have Holland Taylor. So we, we mentioned Holland Taylor in our Truman Show episode. So it's nice to see her in this. She plays the great leader who is the mother uh, and former wife of Rufus, mother of Kelly. Um, mm-hmm. She's basically who comes up with this idea that she needs to kill Bill and Ted because she doesn't believe that Bill and Ted. <sighs> I forgot about supposed- that. Another yeah. great subplot. So she, she doesn't believe that Bill and Ted like are actually supposed to save the world through their music. She believes that it's their death that is supposed to save the world. And uh, so she sends this weird robot named Dennis Caleb McCoy (laughs) to go assassinate them. Dude, this robot deals the show. It's so weird, though. He he looks like a character from Dragon Ball GT. Like, (laughs) not even Dragon Ball Z. It's like Dragon Ball GT, this like shit character that you never want to see in a film. (laughs) He just appears... He's played by Anthony Kerrigan, who's from Barry, like on HBO. He's a he's really funny, but it's like such a weird character. It's like what? (laughs) I thought it fit. It felt like such a bogus journey. Yeah, like he's sort of playing the uh, death role in a way. Exactly. Yeah, and they get to interact a bit, but again, he comes in a mysterious character. Yeah, like he's a robot. He's just killing people, and then they slowly turn him, and he joins. And again another character who turned by his like by the like love of Bill and Ted. Yeah. Like and then he's like, I'll follow you anywhere. Yeah. And just like and they're like, okay, we get it. Like and they're just like, just come on, we have somewhere to go. And it I I really enjoyed that character and he keeps getting yeah. better. I, I, I did like certain bits of him. He looks absurd, but like He does look absurd. But I, I don't know, like he at times like had heavy like I wasn't sure who it was until I like looked up that it was Anthony Kerrigan, but it, like I like was questioning who it was because at times he reminded me of like Nick Swartzen or something from like some Adam Sandler film. Because you're something. only seeing like, like the mouth, yeah, it's right? so weird. And the rest is covered. Yeah, uh, man, he's he's like a he's a funny character though. I don't I don't know. Um, he's a weird one, but, yeah. but he's not there much. Like I just love the bit when they're in hell. And, you know, they, they offer two people for direction. And the guy's like, that's a robot? That's a robot in hell? I don't even know, I don't even know how that happened. <laughs> yeah. Can robots die? Yeah. <laughs> yeah, and, yeah he just, and he just wants to be part of it at the end. It's, yeah. it's just really nice. It's, again, it's, it's how I felt watching it. I was like, I was like oh, man, like I, can I keep thinking? I'm like, I wonder if this movie played, if you don't know, these characters if you don't know these movies mm. and it's like the robot takes that viewpoint where he's like doesn't know who they are and then grow to really love bill and ted and just want to join in the ride and i imagine <laughs> most people have if you were watching this out of context you'd have hopefully you'd have a similar sort of experience with it yeah definitely well we also had a couple like a, a I had in a couple more appearances of people that were really just like fun rounding out the story a little bit uh, mm. of just total cameos was that you had Hal Landon Jr. playing, you know, Captain Jonathan Logan, Ted's father. Appearing I'm glad in he film. came back. Yeah. Good to see him back. Same guy. Really good. He's older now, but it's just like, it's funny. 
You had Beck mm. Bennett playing Officer Deacon Logan, who's Ted's younger brother. Now him. marrying Missy. And he's now married <laughs> Missy, who's Amy Stotch. She's a great back. joke. Such a fucking funny joke. Because you had it come around <laughs> just full in the weirdest circle. way. Full, full circle, except it wasn't Bill and Ted that got to marry her. Because that was sort of the joke. So like, next will be you, dude. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Like, you know, because she originally is married to Ted. Uh, she's married Bill. to Bill's father. She Bill was there. in high school with them. Yeah. They asked her to. Yeah. Go out with them prom. when she was a senior and they were freshmen to go to prom. And it turns out that she's Bill's di- uh, Bill's mother. It's so creepy. It's so fucking creepy. Like, my God. Those Thanks, scenes- Missy. I mean, Mom. <laughs> <laughs> those scenes in the first film are so uncomfortable, like, uh, with the father oh, when I he love comes that, into the room. It's like, oh. Oh, it's so weird. So gross. Oh, that's one of my favorite bits, though, is when they're walking downstairs. And he's like, your mom is cute, though. And he's like, shut up, Ted. And he's like, um, remember when I acted to the prom? And he's like, shut up, Ted. And he turned around and he just like smiled. He just like crooked <laughs> yeah. his head and smiled. Yeah. I think it's so sweet. I just love that bit. I'm like, I'm not doing it justice, but I love that bit. <laughs> and I'm glad they paid off. And that's how the movie starts. And you're, yeah. and again, I was so, it put me at ease. Yeah. And well, it starts even better. It starts with like, it's like footage from the first two movies right at the beginning. So you're like, okay. Cool. Yeah. Like we're not just gonna shit on the last two. We're gonna like incorporate them and hopefully. Yeah, it sets uh, you up really nicely because it's like the daughters doing the doing the slight narration voiceover sort of thing to kind of ease you in, telling you about their fathers. uh, Yeah, it's really good. So of course, like the film, obviously, like it's had its issues getting out because of whole like what we mentioned earlier and then of course when it finally gets made you know there's the whole issue with COVID-19 happening fucking uh, COVID (laughs) again keeps pushing it back and you know I don't know we we probably would have gotten it at the cinema had we not had to close and stuff and all that sort of stuff so I don't know when it will actually come out to the cinemas and stuff because there is a weird sort of like I think there's this weird embargo sort of thing going on where like by the time we reopen it might be out in OD and stuff and in the UK might be true. and it'll just be like this weird sort of thing but we will eventually show it I hope so I'd love to see it on the big screen yeah it'll probably be a triple feature I don't know really what the plans are but I know that yeah. that's sort of an idea that that Paul shout out Paul has uh you know toyed around <laughs> with is that it will come back as all three of them together, which is like the best way to do it. So, okay. So you watch them back to back to back. Yeah. Did that work for you? Did they feel like that they actually were, were natural sequels and like one big story? Like yeah. it doesn't make sense until the end of the story. <laughs> uh, I, you know, in the end of the day, I guess we should say that, like how, how do we feel about the film final thoughts on it and stuff like overall, uh, do I feel it's necessary? Not really. It's it's yeah, more of like, like a people. a nostalgic sort of trip, which is what we're doing a lot with you know things. We started this whole entire recording off today talking about going and paying hundreds of dollars to go see old bands or something like that. Like my chemical room. like the world we're living in now is just purely just based off of nostalgia trips and stuff. So yeah, like I I don't think they necessarily needed to make the film. Uh, but I think it like in at the end, it wasn't like it was like 
poorly executed or anything. And I think it really does work together as a trilogy and it's really fun. Like it maybe wasn't completely necessary, but it wasn't like, like, Oh my God, why in the fuck did you make this? Like it's really fun. It does. It's a nice trip down memory lane. Like I said, like everything's sort of like about nostalgia these days. So it works in that sort of realm. I don't know. How did you feel about it? Yeah. I mean, in a world where, nothing is sacred and they're going to fucking reboot and remake every fucking movie that ever existed. (laughs) Why not Bill and Ted? Like, why not give me that? Um, I loved it. Like I really, really Mm -hmm. enjoyed this movie more than I thought it would. I thought, and I thought it felt watching it. I thought it was such a, I don't know, man, it's a great trip. It's like, it's really funny in and of itself and it's enjoyable, but it's like, Again, like Bogus, like a really well done sequel. It doesn't rehash anything. If it does, it kind of does it knowingly and it's not the main thing. It's just a really satisfying and natural conclusion to the whole thing. Like, I'm glad we have it. Like, yeah. I've, I'm, I'm glad I know this part of the story. It kind of makes the rest of it even better. I just really, yeah, I liked it. I like, I don't know. Um, again, I don't know how to word it. I feel like I've talked quite positively about it. Um, mm-hmm. It's just really fun. And I just, it made me feel good for like, in in a way most movies don't anymore. Like, and I'm, I appreciate that they just didn't need feel the need to delay it and they just dropped it. I think it's kind of an important film to have right now, like during like a really shitty year and a shitty time in our lives. It's like a really earnest, joyful movie about, uniting people it's, yeah she needed that down yeah it's exactly what it is and it makes you f- real feel genuinely like that there's hope at the end yeah absolutely re- dis- disregarding all that i think it's great i think it's just so much fun and so like weird and cool and dumb in all the way bill and ted in um yeah without like yeah like shitting on the first two uh yeah, I I really liked it. I yeah. thought it was a really good sequel and a great sort of roundup of the whole trilogy. I'm it just it was just nice to see them again. Honestly, it was just nice to see those characters again. And I hope I hope we do get to see. I would love to see just this one on the big screen, but all three of them. I think they're all. I know they all have different directors, but they're all creatively coming from like the same writer and the like Keanu and Alec themselves. And they just all feel like they're made the same way. Yeah. And they just yeah. get, all give me the same feeling. Yeah, um, definitely. I Yeah, I mean, I, I feel the same way as you. I mean, like, maybe a little less enthusiastic with the mm. overall package. But at the same time, it's not... I mean, a lot, like, a, like a lot of that had to do, like I said, you know, the way Thea and Billy weren't, like, really flesh out as much as I kind of hoped they would be like given their characters a little bit more oomph to make me care a little bit more about them apart from them just being like you know being Bill and, Bill and Ted. Ted again uh, <laughs> yeah. but <laughs> but yeah it, it's fine it, it like it overall though like it, it's a fun movie and like um like you said like there's that message that positive message that's the thing though about these films in general anyways it's like we've joked about it a little bit throughout anyway, the whole be excellent to each other and like party on dudes is like such a like lovely sort of idea. Anyway, it, it can't, it could only be like put 
out by characters like a Bill and Ted who you would and you would actually actually just believe and be down for because like they're just really pure characters like they're sweet they're kind they're simple but they're like you know at the end of the day you know what they mean when they're saying that is like they mean it and they're truthful and that's just sort of like you know a mm. good positive message just to be fucking excellent to each other that's what we need more of in this world and it's kind of like a yeah, nice message right. at the end and is like dumb as it may be like the idea of this film just like them creating this this song to like unite the world it's like it's really a sweet message anyway like it is yeah. just the idea that the whole world could be unified by a stupid song like and it doesn't matter really about the fact that like the song being good or not it's just that everyone's a part of it and that's like what is really special what a wonderful thing to leave with it's yeah. a nice thing to like come back to from you know the world in the state that it's in now and what we've been dealing with over the last six months and stuff of this like pandemic and stuff it's a nice message to have especially when there was elements at times like where you felt like during this pandemic that the world really could possibly unify over like how we're all in a really bad situation and at times there was elements where you're like this could happen. You had really sweet like moments of people really, you know, being nice to each other and like caring about each other. And then of course it just like, it's not a perfect world. Utopia can't exist. (laughs) And people, you know, obviously prove to be not good. So, (laughs) (laughs) but with Bill and Ted, we get to pretend. Uh, Yeah. So that's what's good about this film. Go see the movies, you know, go see them. Have fun. Go see it. Go see <laughs> Bill and Ted's most triumphant return. Yeah, definitely. Um, but yeah, mm. I, I, you know, I, I think overall it's a, it's a fun film. Uh, and I'm glad that we got to talk about it today on our 69th episode. And this weird sort of, I didn't prepare for enough in this episode, but it's okay. We felt some time. I feel like we've not spoiled it too much for people. Hopefully. Um, no, you can still go. I see mean, we it. didn't even say the biggest cameo. Yeah, we didn't because you got to keep the little things out of there. You gotta like let exactly people, let people find out themselves. Um, oh, there is none. I'm just trying to <laughs> fuck with you. <laughs> yeah. So uh, anyway, Phil, we we enjoyed this film. We had fun today. Uh, it's a little bit more of a chill boy. Uh, <laughs> it's the uh, Keanu. It's a cool brief. Yeah. What's going on with you, Phil? Where can people find you if they want to at you about any of the hot takes you had earlier? I hope they do. I hope they do. It'd be nice to, you know, talk to people again. Um, <laughs> find me the usual, usual spots, you know, at Far Away Thad on Twitter and in real life. Dogs and I met on the Instagram. Um, I'm not doing anything. My kind of, you know, I've spent two weeks at home now. Yeah. And I could go out, but there's nothing to do. So I'm just going to continue to be at home. Mm-hmm. Um, playing Ghost of Tsushima, which is a video game, which cool. is very good. Samurai game. It's like, you know, Red Dead, but with swords. Oh, shit. So I'm just, I'm just doing that. I mean, you know, I'm yeah. saving feudal Japan just in my downtime, you know? <laughs> And nothing you know, big, just saving feudal Japan. Yeah. You know, I got, I got my comic today, like I said. Yep. including Bill and Ted are doomed, which I read before the movie, 
which is great. Could it take place like right before? Nice. Um, if oh. them like, it's like a last ditch effort for them to like break out and it's like them going on tour. It's really funny. <laughs> um, so I got stuff to read. I got stuff to play. Um, you know, the usual. Uh, yeah. How about you? How about what, what Jonathan doing? What about me? Uh, I'm also uh, sort of trying to stay out of public a little bit. Next Saturday, though, I will be doing a, uh, if it still goes ahead, I don't know what's going on anymore in the UK, but uh, <laughs> I'm going to be live streamed from a place called Hotbox Live Oh, cool! in uh, Chelmsford playing some tunes. I think Max will be joining me. We'll see what happens. Hopefully he does. We haven't gotten <laughs> together because I've been ill. Um, but anyway, yeah, I'm going to be playing some tall tunes over there. Yeah. It'll be on Facebook, I think YouTube, Instagram, all these places. Hotbox Live Events or Hotbox. Yeah, Hotbox Live Events. Anyway, you'll you'll find it, I'm sure. It's a place in Chelmsford. It's like a skate shop slash uh, music venue. And uh, yeah, I'll be playing some tunes. Uh, and that should be fun. Um, you can find me as always at Tall for All, T A L L, the number four, A L L on Twitter, Instagram, and Facebook. And you can find the podcast at the PCC Podcast on Twitter and Instagram. Hit us up there. Let us know what's up. We love hearing from you guys. We haven't had user feedback in a couple of weeks. Uh, be nice to, you know. We did have a little bit. We did. Locked for, yeah. for Batman. Yeah. And I would put in my place a little bit. Yeah, you were. Snack. And I and did say, Phil, I, I did say. I f- you did. You did. Mm-hmm. But I feel a fool now. Yeah. Just, you know, <laughs> so he knows. <laughs> Malcolm. That's what, yeah, Malcolm. Phil eating his uh, little candy sticks like they're pieces of chalk that he's just biting into. <laughs> And, uh, yeah, it's like cracking a tooth off of. Yeah, and I was but, like, know. yeah, they're supposed to like you're smoking them like a cigarette, and that's what Malcolm said. Yeah, you're supposed to suck on them. I did do that as well. <laughs> yeah, see, see, guys, you God don't see what we see. Like Phil, to be fair, Perfect. actually was after the initial thing. I think it was just to give a proper taste test. But anyway, it's funny. Hey, he cracked his <laughs> tooth funny. open. It was great. Um, it's great. But yeah, anyway, if you guys want to hit us up over at the PCC podcast on Twitter or Instagram, or you can send us an email at podcast.princecharlescinema.com. Let us know how you're doing. You can talk to us about these episodes or whatever you want to talk to us about um, from the last couple of weeks. It doesn't matter. Uh, and yeah, we'll be happy to read them out on the podcast. <laughs> and also you can head over to you know iTunes, Apple Podcasts, whatever you want to call it these days. Leave us a review. Uh, we've been charting a little bit lately, and it's been kind of nice seeing our, our yeah. show go up a little bit more in the charts and stuff. Um, so, yeah, if you'd like to help us out, leave us a rating and review over there. It'd be really nice. And you can leave us a rating and review wherever you listen to your podcast or whatever. Maybe we'll see it. I don't know. <laughs> Maybe we'll see it. Probably not. I don't know. Yeah. Uh, but, yeah, anyway, as always, we love you guys. Um, yeah. Thanks for listening. It's a chill episode this week. Yeah. I think I might actually manage to get it in mm. under 90 minutes. It's great. <laughs> oh, around God, Woo. yeah. Woo. Woo. That'd be nice. <laughs> hey, Phil. Woo, what? I wonder what Future Eye was talking about when he said, give my love to Brian De Palma. 12 o'clock midnight. Oh, man. What a wild day. I mean, we had... Recording. I saw a couple of movies the last couple of days. I've been ill, you know, but 
you know, it's great. It's finally time to just relax, put my head below, get some good shut eye. Whoa, what was that? Oh, there's somebody in my backyard. What is that? Whoa. Is that Brian De Palma? 